You're listening to Get to Know World of Warships, a podcast created by Bogsy and Simpax. All right, everybody. I am very excited. I have a cool, cool guest here today to talk about something topical, which is ranked. I have the... I don't even know how to describe him. He's a streamer on Twitch. He's a member of 07 Devastating Strike, who just uh, finished up their third in a row COTS victory for NA. Is about to go to the uh, international finals along with three other teams from NA next weekend for COTS internationals. And uh, he is here specifically to talk to me about ranked because this guy is the guy to talk to about ranked. Please, everybody, uh, let's say hi to General Dort. Hi, Dort. Hey, how's it going? It's going well, man. I'm uh, I'm glad you're here to talk to me about ranked because I'm stuck at rank five and I'm bashing my head against the wall. And as I understand it, you haven't just bashed your head against the wall. You've literally bashed your head against the wall on every server. And you do this multiple times because I guess you hate yourself or something. You you rank out on multiple servers and have done this for multiple seasons of rank. Is that right? Yeah, and I think it's it, it comes down to some deep-seated issues I had from childhood. I don't understand it. <laughs> not, there's, there's some problem with me that makes me want to continue to suffer through this stuff. Well, I think uh, I try to dissect it a little bit. You know, I'm from the Northeast United States, and up there, complaining is part of us being happy. And my goodness, does ranked make it? It's just a ripe place to just complain. So maybe that's part of it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think more salt gets mined out of ranked and World of Warships than in all of like the Wisconsin salt caves combined. It's <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. So let me just start with this. Why? Why do you do this to yourself? What on earth is it about ranked that makes you see this as a challenge to be conquered? Well, I don't know. I think part of it's part of it comes down to streaming too, because uh, you know, oftentimes I like to stream playing just with, with, with my friends with from O seven or whoever else and you know, we're all just kind of doing what we want to do together and having just random banter, which is always fun sometimes. But uh, Ranked offers you the opportunity to just talk to your chat a lot uh, individually because it's an individual event. And, uh, it, yeah, it allows you to kind of really focus in and zone in on that. But, I mean, also, I just uh, I just, I, I was interested in seeing what other servers were like and if the play styles were any different. And what I found was, my goodness, they are. They are very different. Okay, let's talk about that because I've never played on another server. Um, there's, for anybody listening who doesn't know, there are four, technically, like we'll just say, for all intents and purposes, there are four servers of World of Warships. There's North America, um, there's the European Union, there's CIS, which is the uh, Russian server, and then there's SEA, which is the Southeast Asian server. There's technically another, like, I think it's just a Chinese server as well, but it it it's like a different it's like a different animal altogether. Like they're like five patches behind us or something something crazy. I think they're still on RTS carriers. So beyond the Great Firewall, yes, yes, beyond the Great Chinese Firewall. Um, so let's before we get into talking about specifics about ranked, like give me an overview of what, how is how is the feeling on EU different than NA versus CIS versus SCA? You know, what are your first impressions well, of those servers? Well, I mean, well, I mean, it's it's changed over time. Uh, there, there's been, I mean, whatever season you look at, and whatever tier is the, the focus of the day, you know, it, it it changes, it changes how every other server kind of functions, and when the meta changes too, you know. So, um, I wrote some rules on on ranked battles back three years ago. I'm actually looking at it now. I really? It up. I, I put it on Reddit. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. And it just kind of gives a snapshot of like what each and every server was like. And this was when it was tier seven. Um, and I used to just use a Nagata on every single one of these servers. And now this is the last time I think the Chinese server was on the same patch as everybody else. So uh, I, I ranked out in North America 
103 games, 63% win rate. And what I noticed from NA was that they had a lot of skilled players, like individually skilled players, but not a lot of teamwork. Hmm. Uh, people would kind of do their own thing a lot. And it made the experience a little bit painful. But uh, in that same season, going over to Europe, I noticed with 130 games and a 62% win rate that there were uh, there was a lot of teamwork, but also a lot of rage. It was kind of strange. They were very <laughs> in tune with being on, uh, you know, helping each other out, mutually supporting. But if something didn't go the way that they had planned, the rage would just be profuse in chat. <laughs> it was kind of great. It is to this day, uh, actually in game, one of the one of the most toxic servers if things don't go well. The EU server? Uh, yeah, well, now that's with me not knowing how to read Russian because lots of stuff pops up in Russian when I'm over there. I may very well be angry. I don't know. But um, so, but what I noticed about NA is that, you know, a lot of destroyers, a lot of individually skilled players, uh, minimal on the BBs and cruisers. Uh, in Europe, it was kind of a healthy mix of, of one to four DDs per team, uh, one to two cruisers, three to four BBs. And it was uh, team play based, and they would um, uh, they would be very methodical about ways to prosecute games. It was pretty good. Now Russia is my favorite server to play on, though. <laughs> Why is that? Because they are so incredibly aggressive. Uh, they don't care about the meta. Like they just don't. I mean, they they will go right at you with anything. DDs, cruisers, battleships. I mean, it is just a bare knuckle brawl in a bar, just with vodka flowing everywhere. It's wow. it's incredible. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, do you think there's somebody with a Maxim machine gun sitting behind him going, forward, comrade, always they forward? Must, they, they must be. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it, it, must, it must be a cultural thing, but it's like a slight on their honor if they sit behind a rock. You huh. still have those players there, but they're usually like uh, uh, Southeast Asian uh, inserts uh -huh. uh, from, from the server because there was a transfer. But the Russian, the actual Russian players are just so violently aggressive that you just it's just crazy. That's and amazing. if you don't like sniping, that's your brawling server, man. That's that's how you do it. Wow. You know? Fair enough. What about SCA? You, you threw them in there uh, during this, the Russian server, but uh, how, how do they strike you generally? Yeah, Southeast Asia is the worst server on the face of the planet. Uh, <laughs> it is it is 100% the worst. So just looking back uh, in that one season where I ranked out in every, uh, every server, uh, Southeast Asia took 199 games, 55% win rate. Um, one to three DDs per team, four to five ARP cruisers per team, and like one BB. And again, that was tier seven, and that was years ago. But uh, they're a very passive server. They don't brawl very much. They like to sit behind islands a lot. They spam HE. They, they try to avoid the direct confrontation that the Russian server like feasts on. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're looking to rock a battleship over there, you're you're probably wasting your time, and you're just meat. That's all you are. So I mean, Southeast Asia. Very, very, very passive meta. And then, oh, by the way, population is very small. So hmm. you wait a lot longer to play ranked games or any game for that matter. I went over to Southeast Asia to grind out for the season when I first began. And my first match was a one versus one uh, at tier me. one. Yep. Yep. I did a 1v1 tier one because wow. there's just nobody on the server after like a five minute queue time. And it, it didn't like fill it with bots or anything or. Uh, no, not back then. Oh my god, it was literally yeah. just you and one poor sucker. Yeah, wow. yeah. And you want and you want to talk about like filling games with bots and craziness? Like season one of ranked really was was the true wild west. Tier six plus tier seven, and the matchmaker was uneven. Oh, <laughs> that was oh, no. like I, 
Like you could have Colorados versus New Mexico's. You could have Negados versus Fusos. One team could have a CB. The other team could not. What? It was what? I, yeah. One team could have more players than the other. Like I, I oftentimes you would play back then, and it would be a two ship deficit. So if you had the one tier seven and the other team didn't, then you would have five ships, and they would have seven. It was. I mean, it was just absolutely insane there's there's something to be said though for like i want to call it like the sandbox months for a, a new game when they're they're still not feeling or they're they're feeling things out they still haven't quite like predicted all of the uh, balance measures they're gonna need like things like that so they just sort of go let's just let's just run it and see how it works and then we'll reprogram it later once the problems arise like there's something it's sort of like a blind playthrough for a new game like I always remember GoldenEye 64 just going, I don't want to know what's going on. I'm just going to play through it and enjoy and yeah. look in all the little nooks and crannies. Yeah. Nothing optimized about it. Just It's just like you said, it's the Wild West. Well, that's really interesting. I Never having played on another server, um, actually, COTS International uh, is going to be one of my first times really experiencing the EU server. So uh, we'll see, or any of the other servers for that matter. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how your descriptions stack up. I know it's ranked versus you know highly competitive play, but... I'm really looking yeah. for that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's good, yeah, yeah. So that's really interesting. Um, I wanna I wanna ask you too. Like, I should ask you this right from the beginning. But um, you you specifically are known for your ability to rank out uh, quickly and on multiple servers. So much so that Synpax actually, before he left uh, TNG and the podcast and World of Warships in general, he had down down in the uh, we have a spreadsheet set out to kind of like say, here's where we're going with the podcast, here's who we're trying to get, here's who we have locked in, here are the dates and whatnot. And uh, uh, Global Rankout with Dort was on the docket for a long time, and we just never really got around to it. So um, oh, yeah. your reputation precedes you. So, I mean, would you say that every season of Ranked, you rank out on multiple servers? And, like, how long does it usually take you? Um, you know, can you give me just an estimate? Well, I mean, uh, it, obviously it took the longest uh, back you know, three years ago when I ranked out on every server to include China, which we didn't talk oh, about. Oh, you yet. did? Oh, my God. Yeah, that took me about a month, I think. No, three weeks, three weeks or so. Yeah, but um, that was also with me grinding each, you know, I had to grind accounts on each one of those just to sure, be able yeah. to even play. But um, it, 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 all, it all depends, right? It all depends on, like like this season, for example, the 18th season I ranked on North America. I had a Borgone, took me 72 games, 71% win rate. Not bad, right? But that I had a ship that was fast. It was stealthy. It could shoot a lot of shells. It could cause the enemy to be really confused when you ended up on their flank and they were broadside. And it, it forced them to make decisions and deal with multiple problems instead of just shooting in one direction going bow in. That's what you're really trying to achieve in ranked. And, and that, that helped me with that. But some seasons, you don't have that. Some seasons you have battleships that just aren't going to do anything for you, so you got to hop into a DD. But I would say on average, like for me, uh, if I'm really buckled down, uh, it can take me four four days to rank out per server. Wow, four to five days, yeah. That's that's mm -hmm. pretty impressive. I if mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're like, playing if a lot I'm more. Dialed in. <laughs> well, well, it, well, that was when I didn't really have a, a crazy job with. Uh, I mean, I, I was up, I've been in the army, but some jobs are harder than others, um, and I had a lot of free time, and I don't have as much now. But uh, oh, yeah, I I, it only took four to four to six days to rank out per server when I had everything set. Um, now's probably a good time to ask you what's your uh, what tier is your favorite rank season? Oh, uh, eight by far. Eight's the most it. fun. <laughs> yeah, eight. You got that North Carolina, that Massachusetts. You got 
I mean, the radar is not too crazy. Decent right. balance in DDs. It, I think tier eight's the most fun tier in this game. Yeah, that was the tier tier eight was the last like long season of rank that wasn't a sprint, right? It was it was an eight. I, feel I like think it was so. Eight. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. All right. Yeah, I remember my first season of rank that I played was a ten. That's where I got the. Uh, I had just gotten my first tier ten, which was the gross occur first, and by just playing that in ranked, I ground out the legendary module and all that. I felt. I felt stoked, but I got to rank two, and then I just I slid back to four and five, and I went, I think I'm done with this. I think I'm done. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to lose my mind. And um, after that, it was tier nine, and that was a nightmare for me just because I hadn't really spent much time playing tier nine. But uh, so let's 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 talk about saving stars versus winning the games because this is as anybody who's played ranked knows this is one of the most common accusations that can be thrown at you in a ranked game is you're just trying to save your star you horrible potato you should go you know hang yourself um so let's talk saving star versus winning games um wh where do you sort of stand on that in terms of if you were to tell somebody hey this is ranked in world of warships here's what you do do you tell them to save your play to save your star or do you tell them to play to win the game absolutely not i tell them to play to win the game every time now on na and on na there seems to be a decent amount of uh, attitude to try to win the game, right? And I've seen that over the last few seasons. On EU, you've got kind of a healthy mix. Um, on Russia, you've got folks that uh, desperately just want to win. You don't have people who are trying to save stars. And on Southeast Asia, you got people that are exclusive star savers. So kind of like, it's weird that different regions have different outcomes when it comes to that. But the bottom line is, uh, saving your star will only buy you a little bit of time overall. You got to be able to win. Right. And you've got to be able to understand how to win. And it's actually not that difficult uh, if you just look at it from a kind of mathematical perspective when it comes down to tactics. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely not. If you have a star saver on your team, that's the wrong person you want. You, that's not your wingman. That person's in it for themselves. They just, uh, they're not even part of the whole team mentality, and that's, that's an issue from the get-go. Now, you mentioned uh, the mathematics of a ranked game, um, and this obviously is getting down into optimization and, and stuff like that, so can you, can you just expand a little bit on, on what you mean by the mathematics of a ranked game? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty basic. I mean, you, gotta, you have to create multiple problem sets for the enemy. You have to. I mean, you, you, you literally cannot just come and attack from one angle. It's got to be two or more. You know, uh, the enemy is going to go bow in. How are you going to go ahead and, and take advantage of that? You, you know, that's why if you have two battleships, if you have both of them going in one direction, well, you've kind of failed the math problem, haven't you? Because the ability to do cross shots from across the map is what's going to open up those lanes for you to exploit with destroyers and cruisers. But when, when everyone just goes in one direction and fights each other that way, it just becomes a, a shootout in the OK Corral, and it just comes down to RNG. And that's not... That's not what you want to trust your your victory in. Not RNG at all. You want it to be, you want it to be as a, as predictable as possible. And that means flanking. Uh, that means being smart about when you commit in a battleship. Not being too passive, but not being too aggressive. Uh, you you know you'll always you should always have some kind of screen out in front of you, whether it be a DD or a cruiser. And uh, yeah, you just really want to make the enemy focus on. Uh, something over here while you punch him over here. That's really what it comes down to. And it's, it's quite simple. And you see a lot of people that are flankers uh, do very, very well. Like uh, the Borgon in this game for this season allowed me to do exactly that. Just get out there and have five or six people focusing on me. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of the team and their potato aim can 
damage the enemy broadside. So sure, yeah, fast battleship with uh, decent armor, reload uh, booster, and lots of guns certainly can uh, can make its way over to a flank and surprise those those big flat broadside Soviet cruisers that seem to be so popular now. So, mm -hmm. all right. So what you're saying essentially to somebody who's somewhat new to rank would be, hey, take a look at the map and spread out in a way that allows you to hit multiple things at once and to threaten caps and to have open lines of fire is sort of what you're getting at, right? Oh, yeah. And taking a look at the map is one of the most important things. You've got to know where your coverage is for DDs and who can screen in front of you. you got to know if you're getting too far out on your own um, and not able to have mutual support from anybody else. And you've got to know when you're all bunched up and then be able to make adjustments from there too. So a lot of people I feel like in this game don't have good map awareness. And they also kind of sit in sniper mode between shots, which is also kind of a, a big no-no. So situational awareness in this game is the most important uh, skill that you can bring to the table. It is not just a left click. It is not just an arcade shooter. You have to you have to be playing 3D chess while other people are playing checkers. Right. So what he's saying to everybody, folks, is that after you shoot your shots, you don't sit there and watch your shots travel through the air to see if they land properly. You fire your shots. You trust they were good shots. You look around, and then maybe you check back to see exactly where they landed to see if you need to adjust your fire. Don't just yeah. sit there and watch. Push the shift button. Yeah. <laughs> Push the shift button. That's, yeah, that's it. all you got to do. If you learn anything from this podcast, ladies and gents, push the shift button every once in a while. It'll help. Yeah. Um, well, so then let's go into let's go well, into depth real quick. Was there something else you wanted to say about that? Yeah. Well, there's something. Well, I follow my shells in. I push Z when they come out, mm -hmm. and then I can turn my mouse around, and I can see a lot of stuff from the shells' perspective. So that that's kind of another thing too. You know, you don't have to just push shift and just trust that they're going to go where they're going to go. You can follow them in and still look at other stuff. It helps to have ADHD when you play this game, by the way. I did not know that you could actually, while you're watching the shells, I didn't know that you could look around from that camera. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. I've only got 8,500 battles. I, uh, I shouldn't have known <laughs> that by now. Well, yeah, so let's let's do an overview real quick of... Um, I, I sort of... Simpax and I did a couple of episodes where we tried to... Uh, during Ranked, usually, we try to take someone who's exceptionally good at a specific ship and say, okay, let's go through the steps sort of one by one on how to play this ship properly if you're just getting used to it. So we don't have to go through specific ships, but let's just go through the class, uh, the classes real quick. Um, you load up into a game. You're, you're telling somebody who's somewhat new to ranked what they should be doing when they load up in a DD. First thing when the map starts, what's their objective? Well, their objective is obviously to get, the, get a cap that's easy as fast as possible without being too aggressive. It all depends on the map, right? So on north... Uh, in this specific season, you had a cap that's to the west side of the map if you're on the south mm -hmm. or on the north, uh, and it's uncapped, so you have to get on it, and you want to start that point tick early because if you can start the point tick early, that'll make the uh, other team have to make decisions to uh, push into you, right? So whoever has the most points uh, can kind of sit back a little bit and then force the enemy to make an aggressive move which could make them vulnerable. So that's what a DD should be doing. DD should also be shooting, uh, you know, area denial torpedoes, even if they don't have a target. Just based on experience, they should know in certain lanes where the enemy comes from. Shoot some torps there, delay them, or maybe you'll even get lucky and hit something. Um, and then really just spotting and smoking up your cruisers 
is very helpful. Not being selfish and smoking up yourself. I see a lot of selfish DDs out there <laughs> that uh, will just literally just sit in one puff of smoke and just start shooting while a battleship or a cruiser is looking. It doesn't matter how much damage you do in ranked. It does not. It doesn't matter how many kills you get in ranked. It all matters about positioning and setting up the team for success. And a DD is like in perfect situ in a perfect situation to be able to do that. Especially if there's no CV, the DD is the most influential class, in my opinion. Very good. So uh, selfish DDs are uh, are DDs that are doing it wrong, I think is the lesson to take away from that. And uh, mm. I'm just going to lump CLs and CAs together, cruisers in general. Uh, cruiser loads into the game. What's I realize there's a pretty broad spectrum of cruisers and their functions, but generally speaking, what's, uh, what's a cruiser need to be doing first thing in ranked? Well, a cruiser to me is like, it's kind of like how the Tirpitz was in World War II for the Germans, a fleet in being. You know, it's like one ship, it can be put in a certain place. It doesn't meet the enemy out in open water oftentimes because it, it'll get destroyed. Uh, but if it's properly positioned behind an island with radar or whatever to mutually support destroyers and force the enemy to make decisions because it's physically in that position, then that is what a cruiser player should be doing. So, you know, like uh, if you look World War II, the Tirpitz was up in Norway and uh, the British... Uh, well, the Allies really had to make decisions on what combat power to apply to that one ship because they were so afraid of it, you know. But that Tirpitz sure. was never going to leave its 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 bay and its harbor to go fight because it knew it would be destroyed. But nevertheless, the, you know, the Allies had to do something about it. And that's what a cruiser does. Right. So, I mean, basically you're saying that uh, the Tirpitz was essentially, it, it, it punched way out of its weight class simply by existing. It caused the British to have to change their tactics and not do certain things simply because it existed, even if it wasn't actively engaging them. That's correct. That's 100% yeah. correct. Yeah. All right. Well, so the cruiser basically is saying, hey, if I'm here in this corner, I think we've all seen the Stalingrad or the Des Moines that sits on a corner sort of, and you look at it and you go, well, crap, I'm a DD. I got to give that a 12 kilometer berth because it can radar me if it's a Stally or, uh, you know, that DM has just absolutely punishing DPM, especially with its uh, really high angle uh, AP shells. So I think we've all been in that point where you go, oh, I can't push on that. Um, it sounds right. like that's what you're saying is, hey, you take a position and you hold it while other people do what they're supposed to do. Exactly. And you buy time. You buy decision space Excellent. Uh, for the rest of your team to do stuff. And uh, the 07 special, the 28 kilometer BB blap. You're, you load up in a BB. What uh, What's your job in a BB in a ranked game? Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, the, the 28 kilometer BB black is more of a potato quality or William the Dank special. I'm more of a brawler. <laughs> they, they can hit those shots. I can't really hit those shots too much. But, uh, uh, you know, in a battleship, your job really, uh, depending on what the enemy uh, combat power set looks like, is to just not die too soon because you're a fleet in being as well, like a fully operational battleship. I mean, that's what the name battleship comes from. You should be able to carry on the battle with just one ship and you can do multiple things shoot down planes have secondaries to shoot small targets you got big guns to shoot big targets but uh if you are removed from the battle prematurely then you really can't support your squishier ships you know and battleships obviously in ranked have to be in a position to where they can force the enemy to not push your squishy teammates you know, and kind of denying that. Now, if you're trying to get those juicy broadsides, which is what every single battleship player looks for and all those citadels, mm -hmm. then you must repeat, must uh, go separate directions at the beginning of a ranked battle game. If you have multiple BBs, if you go the same direction, then you're just going to be shooting bow in stuff. You have to be able to 
to get out a little bit and support each other and, and get that crossfire going. Otherwise, um, your potential damage that you could be getting is just it's cut down by orders of magnitude less. And, it, it, and it's frustrating. You know, no one wants to just sit there and shoot HE at a bow in Kremlin or bow in <laughs> Stalingrad. Right. You want to hit the side. So you got to take some risks there, you know, and you got to be cognizant of your surroundings and be able to maneuver and juke and you know just because you're a battleship doesn't mean you just continue to go straight you float like a, a butterfly sting like a bb right but um <laughs> you know you, sure you gotta go left right up down whatever it takes you can juke something in a curve first you can juke something in a kremlin whatever like you, you just can't be an easy target to hit and you gotta also the most important thing i think for a battleship to do is when conditions are set is cause the enemy to shoot at you instead of your friends, right? Right. Like you angle in, you move around with your engines, you go left, right, up, down, like I just talked about, and you cause the enemy to just waste shells on you. And then meanwhile, they're just getting beat to death by all of your little friends with the five inches, the six inches, the eight inches, and you're not doing any damage really, but you're keeping the damage off of them and uh, they're crushing uh, your opponent with their DPM. Very important to understand that your battleship is not just a thing that you want to keep your hit point bar full on for the entire game. Like you have to get in there at some point and you have to go ahead and let them shoot at you. You're a punching bag. I'm sorry to say it. You're a punching bag. <laughs> right. So one of the things that uh, a lot of us saw and myself, especially from casting a number of games during COTS this last, um, last couple weeks was that frequently in the higher level games towards the end of the tournament, what we would see, we would see battleships that last, uh, lasted nearly the entire game untouched. And part of that was because people knew, hey, if you have something better to shoot at as opposed to this battleship, ignore that battleship because it's just there to be a damage sponge and to distract from the squishier things like the cruisers and the DDs. And, uh, you know, only when you literally have nothing else to shoot at do you then take a, start taking shots at the BB trying to chip damage uh, away. And uh, it's, it sounds like what you're saying is essentially that's the job of the BB is partly to know, hey, when do I move up and use some of that bulk and that armor and that really, really, you know, large slab of hit points to take some of the pressure off my team and force the enemy into making a decision. Hey, do I just start shooting at this BB now and let their cruisers and DDs off the hook or... You know, do I let this battleship just push into me? That's exactly right. I mean, that's a, that's a long and short of it right there. Sure. Battleships can be extremely useful when they know how to push in, but oftentimes I see too many that just sit in the back, and that's exactly where they like to sit, you know, and and that's just not the way you're supposed to play the class. Right, right. Well, so uh, I don't think we need to go into CVs, I do. <laughs> do you want to uh, talk about yeah. CVs and rank, Dork? Yeah, I avoid them. This last season, I only had a couple games because I just jump out of the queue. I just think uh, I think aircraft carriers are exceptionally unbalanced, and I know I'm not the only one who shares that right. opinion. I think that uh, if you're trying to do what I'm talking about with flanking and making the enemy uh, deal with multiple problems, that becomes infinitely more difficult when a CV can just just focus you the entire time, you know, and and uh, it becomes infinitely difficult to dodge. Um, they're going to get guaranteed hits. You're going to shoot some planes down, but they're going to get their stuff off. Um, what it ends up doing is just clumping everybody in, in one area, which really makes the gameplay quite stale um, and, and, and uh, not, not too fun at all. Sure. I don't know too many people who play with CVs uh, on their team that uh, think that 
they're having a good time, you know, and, <laughs> and I mean, you know, it, you look at like, uh, the Amato or the Musashi, Musashi's probably a better example when it was sunk before the Battle of Leyte Gulf. I mean, it took a lot of punishment before it went down. Um, a lot of punishment and some aircraft carriers now can literally just take one squadron of their AP dive bombers and just in a couple passes, just completely remove your ship from the map. I mean, battleship or otherwise hey, that that to me is is decidedly uh, unbalanced and again a, a battleship or any ship's aa is finite you know it can be destroyed uh, you have a percentage that you can see when you push h in game about where it's at uh, but yet planes can continue to come out at a pretty breakneck pace depending on what the type of carrier it is right uh, so it's, it's just uh to me it just doesn't seem it just doesn't seem like it fits right now. And Wargaming really has to, I think, go back to the drawing board and kind of yeah. balance it out a little bit. Can confirm, uh, in the uh, early part of this season of Ranked, I, I positioned my Yamato on um, on Sleeping Giant in a position where I was like, ah, I have, I have wonderful f- fields of fire. And then the uh, the Manfred von Richthofen dive bombers took me in one, in one triple yeah. pass, took me from 77,000 HP to dead. Yep. Uh, and I mistakenly had used my defense fighter on the torpedo bombers that had previously come. Uh, but I sort of realized, oh, I'm in a great position, but there's nobody near me. So it's just my AA, which is not good enough to get the job done. And I was I was zeroed out from 77,000 to, to nothing by the AP dive bombers. They are a menace. I, I, I hear you there. Um, well, I mean, the other thing is, too, you, you know, your friendly CB can't do anything to help you out, right? And back when we had RTS... Uh, you know, fighters could lock up with each other. You know, now they just drop them off. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if you're in that situation and you're that very important capital ship in a Yamato, by the way, you know, you're you're crucial no matter where you're at, and that CV is gonna want to go ahead and protect you, but he can't if the way the game is set up right now. I mean, the fighters just kind of fly around, and uh, but before they could lock up and kind of save you, but now it's just every CV can just have at each other pretty much. Yep. It's definitely, uh, it's a new beast, as they say. Yeah. So um, let's move on and uh, let's just talk a little bit about you yourself. Uh, you said that uh, you said that you are um, military. Are you active or are you uh, are you veteran? No, I'm, yeah, I'm active. It's what I do for a living. It's fun, fun times. Well, um, obviously, mm-hmm. thank you very much for your service. I think I can speak for everybody who listens to these uh, podcasts that uh, there are an enormous number of veterans who play this game. It's shocking. Um, so thank you very much for your service and for everybody else playing the game who uh, has served the country. Um, and I'm sort of curious. It says on your Twitch page that you also play other naval games. Uh, yeah, what I've are some of the other around. games you play? I've dabbled with Sea of Thieves for a little while. It was a lot of fun, but um, you know, it just uh, it, it was that pirate game or whatever. But it lacked yeah, yeah. Uh, it lacked a competitive a competitive flair. You know, like I don't know. I'm the kind of guy, and I know a lot of my friends are that play online too. That they want to play competition. They want to, they want to have something mean something when they when they win and mean something when they when they lose, right? There's got to be a weight or a gravity to it, and I think rank provides that to some degree, and COTS provides it to some degree here. But you can see at these, it's just float around and kill people, which was fun for a few months, but you know it, uh, it, uh, yeah. In uh, in your experience, what kind of stuff makes for the best uh, streaming material? Uh, the best streaming material? Yeah. Oh man. It all depends on the kind of people you're watching that are watching you. Like, uh, I know people on Twitch that, by my estimation, are uh, are a little bit 
they're very calm. Not t- t- technically that uh, that interesting to watch for my personal taste, but have thousands of viewers, you know, because a lot of people on Twitch like the chill vibe. Uh, but for my channel in particular, it's it's you know the quick witted insults, <laughs> the, the 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 funny rage, uh, uh, the banter back and forth. But like uh, I'll tell you this though, if you're trying to make it big on Twitch, being nicer gets you more viewers, and uh, that that is true. And in times where I've been uh, pretty tame, I have gotten more viewers, but uh, they're not the kind of viewers that I've wanted. Um, I see. My whole my whole Twitch chat is like. Uh, I mean, they're the guys in the bar that will help beat you, be, help beat someone up with you behind a dumpster. And that's exactly the kind of people <laughs> I want. Or help you hide a body, you know, completely inappropriate, but they're, they're my guys. Well, so. you heard it here, folks. When, uh, when bodies go missing, look at 07's Discord. There'll, there'll be clues there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, those are my, those are my people. <laughs> but yeah, but to, be, to be successful on Twitch, you got to hit your niche. And most of the time, people like uh, nice people. They like to watch nice people have sure. positive energy, take away from the negativity of their life. That's what I think. I do think a certain amount of competence is necessary. Um, you know, you've obviously, you've got a, a very strong stream going for yourself. Uh, doubtlessly, your ability to rank out multiple times is a big part of that. Is, is you know, this has got to be one of the most frustrating parts of this game is, is ranked, getting from rank five to rank one. Um, so mm-hmm. any, any amount of instruction is, is almost always helpful for folks. Um, and that, in fact, I should point out that, uh, when I was just struggling to get affiliate status, which for those of you who don't know, you have to get uh, a few check marks, uh, ticked off before Twitch will allow you to essentially, uh, even accept money or start to gain things like subscribers, what have you, you need 50 followers. And I think I was sitting at about 35 um, you know, it's, it's tough when you're that, that first 50 is the most difficult, I would say. And, uh, BFK from 07 very kindly directed Dort's stream one day, uh, towards me, which put me well over the, uh, took, put me well over that and helped me get affiliate. So thank you to you, sir. You may not have known exactly what was going on when, uh, BFK told you who to raid, but I definitely appreciated <laughs> that. That's good. Yeah, that's um, fine. Yeah. Well, so then I just got three real quick questions for you before I let you go. But I, I have one more thing, though. Oh, sure. One, one more thing. It's kind of like a silver bullet on if you want to, you know, if you ever want to be a Twitch partner, anyone out there. Yeah. You just have to, I mean, even you could be salty, you could be sweet, you could be quiet, you could be loud. The, the bottom line is people like to watch folks who, yeah, they're competent, but they also enjoy what they're doing and enjoy the people they're talking to. That's That's bottom line up front. And a lot of people, when they try to make the jump to partner, and I was guilty of this two years ago, is like you just try to grind a lot to get those numbers up, but eventually you stop having a good time uh, because you're just doing it too much. So you got to break away from the computer. You got to drink water. You got to eat. You got to go exercise, and you got to come back refreshed and uh, and actually be happy because people want to see someone who is like literally enjoying what they're doing. That's really the biggest key. You heard the general people. Those are your orders. If you want to do that, drink water and make sure you get out of your computer's face every once in a while. <laughs> well, so um, I got one more question about Ranked, which is, uh, and then two little questions to wrap up, which is, what's something you'd like to see in Ranked that hasn't come across yet? Or maybe something that was there that they then took away that you'd like to see come back? Oh, man. After I, uh, after I ranked out in Season 1 with like eight other people on NA, Wargaming gave us Kitakamis. Just what? the nine of us. Just the nine of us. So we took those into season two and just ripped everything apart. And <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to see that so much for everybody, but 
I liked it when it was just mine. <laughs> watch 40 torpedoes on a cap and just watch the, the ribbons pop up on the right. It was so fun. I, I got a lot of hate for it that season, but oh my god! You know, yeah. I one of my one of our most listened to episodes was actually the uh, CV main roundtable after season nine of Clan Battles when we had four CV mains from uh, from multi server clans come on and discuss this. And uh, we yeah. thought it would be so funny considering that CVs have just got to be the most hated class. And Synpax and I were blown away by how the attitudes of these guys. Uh, it was just like, oh, yeah, well, you, you should hate us. And we like that you hate us. We we asked them to sink ships specifically. It was a game that we play sometimes. And, uh, and like, they sank all the ships that just target CVs. And it, they were just so... They were so cynical about it. Even, um, what's his name? Uh, CV NMSL. It's a bad word in in uh the country that he comes from i think but he said i would sink the hakuryu and we were like what why he goes just so that all these people complaining that cvs are overpowered will see that once the cv has gone it's not the cv it's just that you're bad and we were just like yeah. oh my god these guys are savage um, yeah the fact that you want to bring the kitakami back not for everyone just for you just for the yucks yeah. That's pretty savage, yeah, man. That'd be so fun. Yeah, yeah. I got I, it's, it's some stuff on Reddit about it where they asked me to just hurry up and rank out in season two because <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. Well, uh, away from ranked now, um, what's on the horizon for you next? Uh, you're obviously a Twitch streamer. You you still play World of Warships. Um, you know, what's what's the what's the next year, next couple of years look like for you in terms of that? Oh, I mean, I I just I, I just play whatever I I want to play whenever I have time to play it and play with the people that I like to play with. That's really all it comes down to. I mean, I, you know, I'm in the army, a very busy job. I haven't had a lot of time to stream lately. And that's kind of one of the key things about Twitch's consistency, right? That's how mm -hmm. you keep your numbers where they need to be. Uh, and I haven't had that, but, uh, over the next year or so, I mean, I'm still going to be doing army stuff. So I'll, I'll just keep playing ships whenever I can get it in. And if something better comes out, I'll play that too. But I mean, I don't, I take it pretty, I take it pretty day by day. And I don't really have any like Twitch aspirations, if you will. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Just, just kind of like, uh, kind of like get you know, just just using it as a way to achieve my work life balance from the army because the army will consume you if you don't have a hobby. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm out back right now, uh, smoking a, a pork shoulder, you know, because I just like to pretend I'm just you know a normal guy. So I'm smoking <laughs> a pork shoulder. I'm doing a podcast with you, and I'm playing ranked like. That's fantastic, man. I love it. And the last question for you, uh, a few people who uh, who know you contacted me ahead of this podcast and said, Bogsy, you need to ask Dort about the ritual. So, Dort, what's the ritual? Uh, well, I mean, it, it, listen, it, the deal is, though, I can't I can't just can't just sing it for you right now. I can tell you what it is in theory. conceptually. <laughs> Sing it. Well, you know, okay. I want, when you, I got, you don't have you know, to sing it. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, on my spirit quest uh, with the Cree and Choctaw Indians over the last last three moons, I was able to find some pretty decent ways to hit the seventh chakra, uh, really connect to the to the universe and the All Father, and that's a way for me to kind of channel all that energy from those delicious creatures and beasts that we call aircraft carriers, and right, you know, help them get back into the circle of life. Uh, you're talking about, of course, the the food chain and uh, how certain types of, of creatures out there are consumed to further the lives of other creatures, correct? Correct. Exactly. It's all part of the circle of life. Just watch The Lion King. It's got it all there. That's the one with the uh, that's the one with the talking crow and the hyenas, right? 
Yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so so Dort, we're gonna include a. Uh, I keep saying we. Uh, Papa Simpax has left us, but uh, I keep saying we. You know what? Screw it. I'm gonna keep saying we. It doesn't matter. It's my podcast. I can do it the hell I want. <laughs> that's true. Um, it is. Yeah. It? We're gonna include a uh, <laughs> me and the interns here. We're gonna include a link to your Twitch stream. Um, so that anybody who is interested in getting some tips on ranked, why not see some entertainment, want to see one of World of Warship's most infamous and capable rank, uh, ranked players can do so. Um, I want to thank you very much for donating your time. Good luck with your pork shoulder, and uh, thank you again for your service for our country. Thank you. They pay me, though, so I appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure, man. Take care. All right, thanks. I'm going to go play some games. Very good, and thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time.